Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Friday Night Dinner Podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, is Dr. Stephanie Sarkis, PhD. You can find over at stephaniesarkis.com. How are you today, Steph? Great. How are you? Doing great, thanks. Uh, how's the weather your way? Uh, the hurricane was um, smaller than we thought, so we don't have much damage, just a couple branches on the ground. So okay lucky. and um so yeah and so right now it's about 85 and it's oh actually 84 if they get okay uh, it feels a lot hotter but we got a little bit of respite with the rain heat, so so we're just thankful that it didn't turn out to be bigger than it was yeah i think sometimes too when it gets like that it's just like you're lucky in a way but also at the same time too it's like oh gosh <laughs> what could happen right so right and this and yeah, this is my sixth hurricane six or seven i think mm. so you know it's, at least you know that one's coming i mean i would think that earthquakes would be much more disconcerting you're kind of in an earthquake kind of active zone aren't you yeah we get most of our earthquakes just kind of like happen in spurts and then they go away which is actually what they're supposed to do like it's if you don't have one for a while that's when it like saves up that energy and then you get a really big earthquake which we don't want so it's better to have a little so we actually want it to go off sometimes yeah because the more it goes off means it's not saving up energy for a big one so oh because the plates have shifted enough that it's kind of done for a little bit yeah sort of yeah uh-huh. okay. mm-hmm. so yeah like sometimes you'll feel it hmm? oh i mean i've had technically probably like hundreds but you, you don't feel a bunch of them. But, like, major ones, I think two, I think. Wow, so where things were falling off your walls and stuff? Uh, there was some shaking. I don't th- I don't know if anything fell off walls, but, yeah, there was some shaking for sure. I think, like, the I one that I... One. Sorry? Well, I experienced one that was a... I was in San Francisco with some people, and it was a 3.4. Okay. And I thought that the person sitting next to me was kicking my chair because I felt my... The, the chair legs wobble mm. and i i turned to him i'm like stop kicking my chair he's like that's an earthquake and they were just sitting like we were in a taqueria and they're just sitting there eating like it's no big deal and i'm like oh my god the earth's moving <laughs> you know because yeah. i'm used to like a hurricane knowing it's coming but it was you know to them it's like well this is where we live and this is part of it you know yeah it was, was just astounding me it's like it's kind of like you, you get used to stuff yeah there was like a big one in the late nineties, like, um, that we had that like was the one I remember the most. And yeah, it was just more like kind of it was more kind of funny because it was just like it, we did all these earthquake drills and they're like, just hide underneath the hide underneath the um the desk. And we're like, Okay. Well, and that was it. Um <laughs> the whole drill yeah you do all these drills and then finally you have to do it and you're like that, that that's what we've been training for okay um we're just kind of kicked it did everybody just get really calm i would think that people just get calm when that happens uh yeah we were pretty calm so yeah and then i think that one was probably like a seven or something like that wow yeah that's, so that's like the size of the one that hit alaska a seven yeah that's that's pretty intense. Yeah, it was okay. Oh, you I, was this again? Sorry. 
What year was this again? I don't remember the exact year, but it was like the late 90s. Because I was still in... Well, I think now they call it middle school, but I would have been like late elementary school. Oh, you're such a baby. I know. Yep. Um, but yeah. We're here to talk about Gilmore Girls. Um, oh, I guess I should say, yeah, it's it's like... It's a little cooler here, by the way. It's like 19 Celsius. It's like 66 no Fahrenheit. 500 degrees where you live. Yeah. If anything, I feel kind of cold now. Now I'm like putting on extra, extra clothes. Yeah. Which is weird because it's like it's what it normally is, but it just feels cold, colder because we had like 40 degrees Celsius weather like the last few weeks. So, um, but yeah, we're here to talk about the ninth episode of season three of Gilmore Girls, a no deep fried. Sorry, said no earthquakes or hurricanes happen in this episode. No, 20. I wonder what they probably even have to deal with in, like, well, I think oh. they're in. Where they're are in Connecticut. Connecticut. What what do they have to deal with in Connecticut? I'm Would not really like sure. Tornadoes. Maybe. Probably. Well, I could see, like, if you have a hurricane that hits on the on the northeast side of the country, I could see where it could, um, you know, cause, like, at least some some storm activity. Hmm. Okay. Fair. Um, yeah. Yeah, I could, yeah, you could have a hurricane that would, could theoretically hit there. Right. Um, yeah. This is, uh, the episode called The Deep Fried Korean Thanksgiving. An episode that a lot of fans like, including myself. Um, I didn't even, like, you know, I've watched the show quite a few times now. But, like, and uh, I'm re-watching the show for the podcast. I didn't even re-watch this episode. I feel like I kind of know, <laughs> remember a lot about it. Because I don't think there's, if, unless I'm mistaken, that it's mostly just that there's a bunch of Thanksgivings. And then the last one is where you have some drama with, like, Emily and Richard and whatnot, right? I think they went to. Did they go to Luke's last? They probably went to Luke's. No, last. it was no. You're right. It was the Gilmore's last because mm. she. It was nighttime. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we meet some weird friends. Yeah, which they have some weird friends, but yeah. Um. Yeah. You're saying oh. you wouldn't hang out with these people. Uh, no, not my not, not not my crowd. Not my choice. No. Uh, but this is good. This episode was written by Daniel Palladino, which I guess probably explains why. Oh, it makes sense. Yeah, he's not he's not our favorite, but um, let's see. The synopsis is: Lorelai's parents expect the girls for Thanksgiving dinner, and so do Lane, Luke, and Suki. How to handle four enormous dinners? Skip the rules. Kirk adopts a cat with an attitude is the synopsis of this episode. That comes straight from the Gilmore Girls wiki. Normally I have a more extensive one, but since I forgot to watch this episode, we're going to have to go with that one. But I do and, remember... And Adam Brody makes a pretty extensive appearance in this episode. Yeah. Yeah, this is before he went to OC, right? Yeah, which is always kind of weird because, I guess spoilers, but like he does leave the show, and it is rather abrupt. But like during the first... like. Or well, the the third season that he's in, he's like he's quite extensive in this. So, but yeah, I think eventually he kind of he goes on to the OC and leaves 
Gilmore Girls, which Gilmore Crossing a woman purposely yeah. hired yeah. to play a, a bad role, bad guy, uh, because Emerald Fennel, the director, felt that if she had good guys in the parts, then it would be even more disturbing how bad these quote-unquote good guys can be. Yeah. You know, yeah. You can see them in a way that it's not portrayed in Gilmore Girls. She did a, a lot of casting like that of a lot of people that you have some expectations of them going in, including Adam Brody. Um, okay. Yeah. Bro Burnham. Um, yeah. Who's the McLovin guy? I can't remember the McLovin guy's name. He's, he's just McLovin. <laughs> Let's be real. If you say... If you say McLovin, you know instantly who we're talking about. So, yeah, Christopher Mintzblas. I'll say his name because you. Know, okay. In case he's listening. Oh, we'll, we'll we'll properly credit him. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, favorite performance in this episode? Do you have a favorite performance Kurt. at all? Kirk, not Kurt. That's you. <laughs> That's Kirk. me. The whole the whole cat thing. I thought you played that really well. And I I noticed that when he's in the diner, and. Yeah, Maury and Babette are there, and you know they had the whole thing with the cat. They're cat people, yeah. um, and you know he's talking about how he's been scratched over sixty percent of his body. And then when when they pan away and cut to a scene that he's just kind of in the corner, he still just has this look of total dejection on his face. <laughs> and I thought that was really good. They didn't break character at all when they panned away. And yeah. I think that's a sign doing a good job is that they still hold the same facial expression and it's just this look of utter defeat about the cat yeah he's in this toxic relationship with a cat basically yeah the cat is gaslighting him basically <laughs> being ga being gaslit by a cat um yeah you know what i'm gonna agree with you i do remember kirk kirk in this him and the cat is one of those subplots that I think is just legendary. It's just so great. Like, you know, it's such a simple thing, too. He adopts a cat. This cat is just the cat from hell. The one that just wants to kick his butt, apparently. Which he names Kirk the Cat. And, you know, it's funny. I saw his logic kind of like, well, you know, who cares if I call it Kirk because I'm going to be the only one calling it. And then he realized, oh, my mom calls my name how she gonna how am i gonna know which person she's calling or something yeah and then he started referring to him as kirk the human that's funny and then and then you can see like how his thought process goes because they said oh is there anything left in the store and he's like actually there are a number of things left and it's a very like like it's a very kirk response because mm -hmm. he took it like literally yeah you know instead of like kind of like being sarcastic yeah. And I think that's one of the things I like about him is that he, he kind of takes things at face value. He does. He's he's very much what you see what you get with Kirk. Like, I don't think he's much of a manipulator or, like, a toyer of people. Like, yeah. you know, he just does what he does. Kirk be Kirk. Now, and picture Kathy Bates being his mother. Again, I think we that's nailed super, it. Yeah. When they yeah. bring back the show for a second revival, I need Kathy Bates as Kirk's mom. Yeah. Um. Okay. Uh, least favorite performance. Did you have a least favorite performance? Uh, I. It was hard to tell. I didn't like the the friends at the party. Um. I. They were good actors, but I. 
the 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 French couple I think was kind of stereotypical, and I didn't like that. Um, and um, and then uh, oh, and then Jennifer Aniston's dad is in this episode. He plays the husband of the woman from the auction. So that's John Aniston. Mm. So that's Jennifer Aniston's dad, who also was in Days of Our Lives as Victor Kiriakis. So that's how I knew him. But no. um, yeah, that's her dad. So um, I didn't like the whole interchange with the couple. Uh, I don't know. It, and again, not the actors is probably the writing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I could have done without, I could have done without with more subtle friends of the Gilmores. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely remember that just being, I think it's there to sort of juxtapose like, hey, they have their friends who are all like just nice, genuine people. And then here's Emily and Richard's friends who are just kind of just awful people. I think it's there to juxtapose, but it's, yeah. It was very stereotypical. I think, you know, didn't Daniel Paladina write the episode where Lorelai was graduating and, um, and Seth, my God, not Seth Rogen. Seth MacFarlane. Uh, Thank you. (laughs) Um, That he was like kind of being like, uh, like there was some classism stuff going um, against Lorelai. And this again, there's some classism going, I can't even say that, classism going, Mm -hmm. where, you know, these people are made out to kind of be almost villainy. Yeah. And they're, and I, it seems it's not very subtle. Mm hmm. But again, you know, we talked about Daniel Paladino wrote for Family Guy. Right. Yeah. So, or did, yeah. So, it's a different style of writing. Yeah. Ah, oh, man. My least favorite. Uh, I don't know if like the dinner with, um, Lane and her family. I don't know. I think Mrs. Kim sometimes is a little bit much. That I I'm having an issue with how she's written too. Yeah. Uh, where she's charging people for you know the broken furniture that seems very stereotypical and i was not a fan of that yeah and i i do think it's partially the performance and a big i think it's more a bigger issue that that of the writing but i just i have very distinct memories of not liking mrs kim that much in this episode just because i feel like they they take it a little too far in in a lot of places Right. right um favorite reference do you have a favorite reference at all i thought it was funny that the french guys like um that what his grandkid lives in orlando mm. and they asked him because we're like an hour and a half from orlando and um he asked him like oh how how are they liking orlando or whatever and he goes well it's mickey mouse this mickey mouse that they want to die <laughs> so funny because orlando is orlando is such a separate city from where disney world is and i guess yeah. that's probably being a almost a lifelong Floridian that it's just funny to see it portrayed like that. And I don't know how Orlando's seen by I'm sure Orlando's seen by most of the world is being Disney World. But to me it's a very separate city. So it's just funny to hear someone say that and then they just want to die because there's so much Mickey Mouse. <laughs> I know when I went to Orlando <laughs> many years might talk about a, a city that's relatively close to you. Well but, I know like so I thought that was kinda of funny. When I went to Orlando a few years ago, like, it did seem like there was a big predominance of, like, those theme parks. But mm-hmm. there's a lot going on. I mean. Yeah, like, SeaWorld and Universal are closer to, like, one of them's, I think at least one of them's in Orlando proper. Yeah. Um, but I just thought that was interesting. I'm thinking that person must be a Floridian or something. Or, yeah, it was just funny. It's like it's like when you hear, like, your hometown on a show or something. It just kind of yeah. the same kind of 
really. I was like, why are they picking on Orlando? <laughs> yeah. I, but, um, I last time I went to Orlando, I found this restaurant called Twin Peaks, not related to the show. Um, and yeah? it was, it was just a bunch of girls wearing skimpy outfits, but oh, the food was okay. actually delicious. It was probably the, some of the best food I had in Orlando. So I went really? back, not because the girls were wearing the skimpy outfits, but because the food was actually mm. not too bad. So, ah, yeah. so what kind of food was it? Did they serve pie? Because it was what they ate at, on a... No, it was just like bar food. Like, it, it was a lot of like burgers and sandwiches and some pastas and stuff, but it was actually not bad. But which you... which leads to you know Sherry on the show was played by Match Konomic who was in Twin Peaks. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's called Twin Peaks, the restaurant, right? I think yeah. It's, still it's not actually, and I was like, I, I looked it up and I went because I was like, I wonder if it's related to the show. And then I saw a bunch of girls wearing skippy outfits and I'm like, I don't think it's related to this at all. They must have gotten an okay from the show, right? You would think. think. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe, Maybe like just, <laughs> just a name only. They're like, you're not going to like have some weird stuff going on here. They're like, no, we just got some girls in skippy outfits. They're like, okay, fine. Really cool. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. We can deal. Um uh, just trying to see your favorite reference. Um oh, I did Visigoths. Sorry. Visigoths, uh, uh, which were one of two groups um of Goths that were in the Roman Empire. Mm. So she says Visigoths when they're in the um, and I can't remember what even this is referenced to. But again, another historical reference, but that's Visigoths. Yeah, they, there's I think, like, where's Quasimodo, and like, what's the oil for for pouring on Visigoths? What's the what? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. what's the oil for? Um. Uh, I there was um not a lot of great references in this episode i don't remember too much like there were some that were pretty good and the rest were kind of forgettable yeah yeah there was um there was like one that i was like trying to figure out i don't know if it's my favorite i'm still trying to figure out or less is we're not michelle quanning this so i don't so that's when they were talking about maybe skipping one of the one of the um houses for for Thanksgiving, is that what they were in reference to? Because yeah. Michelle Kwan was going to go to the 2010 Olympics, I think, and she decided to not go. So I don't know if it was a reference to that. Oh, okay. She's a, a figure skater. Yeah, I was just trying to figure. Like, I I got that she was the. I know that she's a figure skater. I was just mm-hmm. trying to like figure out what exactly was like the reference, and I was, but I was like, okay. I'm sure that's what she was referring to. Let me see. I think I have. Let me see if I have it pulled up. Um, but yeah, I think that's what they were referring to. Okay. Um, oh yeah, what's the word for before No, I don't see the quote on the wiki. No. So. Okay. Oh, we're not Michelle Quine this, but I don't know what. Yeah, I, I think it was about them skipping one of the houses or something. Okay. Yeah, I was just trying to but figure that one that out. That was in 2010 in the Olympics, so I don't know what... Something must have... I read her Wikipedia page, and I couldn't kind of figure out... I assumed that somebody to do, like, she was going to show up somewhere and wasn't there or something. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's probably somebody that's in the figure skating listing and going, no, I know exactly why, but... Yeah. I don't know. Email us in, com and let me know, because now I'm kind of curious, so... 
Okay. Um, favorite quotes. I have like I have a bunch of favorite quotes. Yeah. What was your favorite quote? So so first I like Maury. Oh, and then so the cat, the whole cat shtick was great. So Maury goes, um, you know, he's a very uncool cat. Because <laughs> Maury's all the, like, like the the cool thing, like he's an uncool cat. And then you got Babette saying, like, you know, I like cats and I like, I like Kirk. Like it's like fifty fifty, and that's like you know pretty nice of me or something like that. Yeah. And then um, I mean, I just really like Babette. So um, and then. When they're getting Tom's and Lorelai says to Rory, Tom's, you mean amateur pills? Because <laughs> they're going to be eating all this food. Yeah. And uh, and I, my, my favorite quote is um, Lorelai and Rory said this when Kirk walked away from the cat store. Is, He's always been a cat person. He's just never had a cat. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, I like the one where Lorelai says, uh, well, this is about them disappointing Luke and Lorelai says, yeah, we disappointed Luke. And Rory says, I didn't think that was possible. And Lorelai says, our powers are greater than we know. So that was great. Because, yeah, they disappointed Luke. Because he really looked upset when they weren't going to come to Christmas or to Thanksgiving. Yeah. So, yeah, I like that one. Uh, behind the scenes trivia for this episode. Um, this is the one where Dave and Lane kiss for the first time. Oh, yeah. And then Dean... what was the message she left for Rory? So Rory, Rory's like, "Oh, it's Lane." And then she said the message back, and I could not figure out what was being said or if Lane was just totally like incoherent. I think she was pretty unco- incoherent. But uh, okay, yeah. I I don't. So is that supposed to be your first kiss? I mean, I don't I don't know. I think it must be. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um. Any mental health observations about this episode? So, Kirk and the cat. <laughs> yeah. It, just, it was just so... It, it's... It, there's... I, I want to say he was in a toxic relationship with his cat. I feel like I don't want to make light of toxic relationships. But, you know, it, if he keeps getting hurt, but he keeps going back. Hmm. You know, like he keeps trying to work it out when this cat is just not interested. So he yeah. keeps trying different things to the point where he's sleeping on the at the gazebo downtown, you know, because his house is basically run by this cat. Yeah, that was a little right. weird. Yeah. Right. Well, that's that magical realism, right? Like you wouldn't really expect to be sleeping on the bench mm-hmm. downtown, but uh, because of the cat. Mm-hmm. But you know, it, it kind of speaks to you know setting limits. Yeah. And what's in your best interest? And his best interest is not trying to connect with his cat. And you probably need to let the cat get used to its environment. Mm. Yeah. And when you push sometimes, things backfire. Yeah. Yeah, I gotta be careful. Even, like, with the cat thing, too. Like, cats are kind of, like, one of those creatures you really have to let them come to you. Like, you can't just, mm-hmm. like, go up to a cat. Like, you have to let the cat come to you. And I could totally see um, him just being, like... Oh, I'm gonna go up to this cat and try to like grab it or cuddle it, and the cat's like, Meow. no. Right, and the cat, and he's like, I'm gonna smother the cat with my love, and he'll see, he'll see the, you know, my ways or whatever. You know? but, but yeah. Every time he tried doing it, and then he kept, he kept working on it, instead of stepping back and going, oh, maybe I'm doing something that's not working. Yeah. So. Yes, let the cat come to you. Yep, that goes for a lot of things too, not just cats, but. You don't have to always pursue things. Let things come to you. 
Uh, right. I think it's time to rate this episode. What do you think for a score? I think the cat parts by itself. I would give those like an eight. Uh, okay. The entire episode, I would give like a six or seven. Okay. It was cute, but I don't know. I think we spent too much time with the friends at the table, and I don't know. The whole Yale thing could have been, I don't know, it feels like it could have been done a different way. And it was just, there's, it still feels like there's a lot of filler, like the last episode. Yeah. What did you think? Uh, I'd give it a seven. I I think, like, some of the stuff works pretty well. But yeah, I think some of the stuff with the Richard and Emily is, eh. I, I think, too, like, the show kind of lets some subplots go on a little too long. And I think, in particular, like, the one with the... The whole Yale thing, yeah, it just goes on a little too long. It's like, this is just too much. Um, yeah, but, uh, yeah. Uh, all right, Steph, you can find over at stephaniesarkers.com. Gaslighting is the book, and Talking Brains is the podcast. And then I'm over at com, where you can find me posting content almost every other day. And with that said, we'll see you all next time. Bye for now. Bye, buddy.